Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining this evening. Glad you're here. And as always, happy you're listening. Well, the, 20, the, the 21st century has been a real head-scratcher, for sure, in America. And I thought this conversation was interesting that Dave Smith was having with Joe Rogan. And I thought I would play a little bit of it and comment on it. But basically, you know, he's talking about how did we go from the Clinton 90s where things were, you know, people trusted institutions, uh, people loved America. We basically went from maybe disagreeing with the other side, but deeply believing that the other side was all about America. And they just had a different way of, uh, of kind of promoting American success, right? So you had um, people like Clinton, you know, even, even under Clinton, you know, he was, he's famous for saying, it's the economy, stupid. They didn't, they didn't really care too much about, at least not at the government level, uh, social things. Um, they knew that, that culture drove politics. They knew that. But, you know, this rise of wokeism and diversity, equity, inclusion, and these things have really changed um, the culture, not, not just our culture, but the government in, in a way that's almost unrecognizable. And so Joe Rogan and Dave Smith talk about this, and I thought we would eavesdrop on it a little bit and maybe make some comments here and there. Um, because, again, this is a real head-scratcher. We, we've got... Uh, kind of bizarre times going on in America. I would say, especially, um, I mean, the the last, if you want to call it normal time I can remember, is really right before Barack Obama got um, elected. And even that wasn't very normal, right? We had these war on, this war on terror, and, you know, you had the massive expansion of national security apparatus, and people like me were concerned about spying, although a lot of other people weren't concerned about it. Uh, and then Obama looks like he's got a handle on things, but then it seems like something underneath is not quite right with Obama and his leadership, and you know things just get worse. And and Obama kind of oversteps, right? He, he basically loses the House during one of his midterm elections, almost doesn't get reelected, but is still running the country like he's got some sort of mandate. And this, this led to things like the Tea Party movement, the Occupy movement. These were consequential movements in America that, that really had a lot to do with, I think, where we are right now. And so, I want to play this interview. Uh, this is Dave Smith on uh, the Joe Rogan experience. And Dave's kind of giving his um, philosophy about how the middle was hollowed out for these radicals, radicals on the right, radicals on the left. And 
there's really there's really no middle anymore. There's nobody that really believes in these institutions other than the people in the political class. And everybody else is just like, yeah, we don't trust you. But to me, I think the real story of the 21st century in America, how we went from the Clinton 90s to where we are today, you know, in such a good place as a country. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were lots of problems, but not, we weren't on a national suicide like we are now. But to me, the real story is that the center became the radicals. And then there was nothing to glue the radicals back together. They, they lost any leg to stand on to be like, okay, that's a little bit too radical. That's a little bit too radical. Come back right. in, in the middle. So, it, which was basically the message of CNN through the entire Trump years. It was like, look, 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 we don't want to go crazy socialist and we definitely don't want to go crazy nationalist right wing. Let's just meet in the middle with Hillary Clinton and Lindsey Graham and the adults you know, in the room yeah. who have destroyed the entire country. Yeah, you can understand why CNN types, you know, want to go back to the way it was. In fact, all establishment types want to go back to the way it was because things were great. They're making money, you know, they're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, they're getting their their grifts are going by, and the and the the establishment media is not looking into it too carefully. People have their cush jobs at think tanks. Everything's just running swimmingly, right? And like I said, the, the latter Obama years, you know, Obama was kind of really reprimanded politically after Obamacare. And the reality is he just thumbed his nose at that. And I think, I think the, uh, the response to this was basically, you know, populism. It was Trump. I mean, Trump was Trump. Trump was just sitting there, waiting for such a moment. And uh, the reason he just shellacked all the other guys, uh, even Rand Paul. Rand Paul, I think, was a lot of it was his own making. He didn't do very well. He he basically wouldn't stand strong for what he believes. But you know, he he wiped the floor. Bush. I mean, Bush. Um, Trump wiped the floor with Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz um, to the point where he embarrassed Ted Cruz to the point where Ted Cruz wouldn't endorse him. And finally had to do like a mea culpa during the, um, during the uh, uh, Republican National Convention. So, you know, this was a very stressful time for the political class, the establishment class. And you can totally see why. CNN is like, please just let's go back to the way it was, you know, and these other establishment types. The, the, I look at it like this, right? Like, let's say, hypothetically, if you, let's say we lived in a society that you, Joe Rogan, would consider a pretty decent society. Like, you know, I'd say what you want, you know, I don't even know exactly what that would be, but what you would be like, oh, this is a pretty normal society. You know, we don't fight stupid wars. Uh, we're not all at each other's throats. There's good health care, good education. Like, it, it's a reasonably what Joe Rogan wants society. And so now you're the centrist who supports the status quo because you like the country. You like what the government's doing. You think this is all good. And then some radicals came to you and made proposals. Like, this is what I think we should do instead of this society that you have. And let's say one was the most radical left-winger that you know today, and one was the most radical right-winger that you know today, saying all of their crazy shit. 
And you have the left wingers like, we should have the woke police and hate speech laws and all of this. And the right wingers like, we should be nationalist and we should build a wall and we should, you know, whatever it is. And then there was someone else who represents the neoliberal, neoconservative establishment order. And they came to you and they said, well, here's what I think we should do. I think we should um, uh, attack seven countries in the Middle East and slaughter millions of innocent people. I think we should spend ourselves $20 trillion into debt that we'll pass on to our children. I think we should build up huge, a huge prison industrial complex and put people in there for nonviolent, victimless crimes. I think we should tax people and then bail out big banks and big corporations with the money. And you're just looking at these three people. Would it be obvious who the radical is? Would you, would you look at the left-winger and the right-winger and say, well, that's really crazy, but this guy really has something to say? I think there's an argument that that's the most radical shit you, you, could, you could propose. Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great way to look at it because, you know, these people that were the quote-unquote centrist are the ones that have done this to us. They're the ones that decided to bail out big banks and socialize those losses over millions of taxpayers. They're the ones that decided to invade all these countries and launch a war against terrorism as if there was some threat to Americans here in the homeland. They're the ones that uh, ran these corruption and grift schemes that enriched major corporations um, by not having to compete in the market and, uh, you know, allow themselves to be lobbied so that companies like GE and some of these other corporate, I don't know what you call them, corporate whores, I guess is what you call them, could, you know, basically do whatever they want and the American people would pay for it, you know, kind of thing. You know, when, when you kind of put it like that, uh, they do seem like the radicals, right? The, the middle does seem like a very radical uh, kind of a thing. That doesn't sound like we're trying to get along with the rest of the people in the world. And, uh, you know, to propose that we go back to that or have more of that, you know, is really unsettling. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe, uh, maybe the person that wants to build the wall, you know, maybe that doesn't sound so bad. I mean, people make it sound bad, right? They, oh, it's human rights violations. What about the human rights violations of the, of the people that we dropped, you know, bombs on from, from drones? Um, go just sometime when you have some time, go to YouTube and look at before and after pictures of Syria, Iraq, um, uh, Yemen, uh, just go, go look at some of these Middle Eastern countries. Just go look at before and after videos and pictures on YouTube. And it is shocking. We have destroyed these civilizations and people are literally wandering around every day in rubble, trying to scratch out a living to feed their families. I mean, it's very, very sad, very, very pathetic. And I think there's, and I've said this before on the program, I think there's an inability of your average American that's in the bombs away club to really put themselves in that place. You know, like, how would you like it if, you know, three doors down from you, a JDAM, you know, just blew up somebody's house and, you know, you knew them, you know, and maybe a couple streets over, 
you know, a drone wipes out two or three houses on the on you know three streets over. I mean, this is very these are very difficult situations to live in, and and we we've done that. This country's done that. So, uh, and that's the centrist. Those are the those are the people in the middle. The the quote-unquote non-radicals. And so I think it's a very interesting way to, to look at this and analyze it. So now those guys became the extremists, and now they have no leg to stand on to tell a radical leftist or a radical right-winger, well, you're being a little bit too radical. So like, fuck you, you're too radical. Look at this whole goddamn system. You inherited America and destroyed it. So who are you? And then, truthfully, Donald Trump, I think, signified the, yeah, fuck the whole establishment, and then he did such a bad job with it that he handed them back one last out, where Joe Biden could go, eh, isn't normal a little bit better than this? Let's come back to normal. But the problem is that normal is all of that extremist radical shit that destroyed the country. So that's where we are now. Yeah, you know, that's where we are. Um, I don't know. To me, it goes back even farther than that, but you could at least... Uh, tolerate the nineties. Um, but you know, the, the, the founding of the country, the, the, the men that founded the United States of America, they knew about the dangers of tyranny. They knew about the dangers of foreign entanglements. This, these were not unknown things to these people. I mean, Sometimes I'll get into a discussion with somebody and they'll say, yeah, but you know, the founders couldn't have foreseen this or they couldn't have foreseen that. Look, this is all very simple. Okay. This is not complicated stuff. Yeah. Okay. They didn't have nuclear weapons or in the, and you can find a whole bunch of things that they didn't have in, in the 18th century. But the reality is it's the, the, the underlying impulse has always been there. And they devised a system to undermine that impulse in, 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 the, in the direction of liberty and away from tyranny. And, and the problem is uh, we've, we've, we've done everything in our power to screw it up. Okay? Um, we, we've allowed people to convince uh, the population that more government is good, more regulation is good, unbridled capitalism is bad, whatever that is, okay? And, and you know, it's, it's the proverbial frog in the boiling water. And one day, you know, the frog's been sitting in there year, for years going, oh, this feels great, you know? And then one day he's dead. And that's kind of the way the country is, you know? We've, we've come to a tipping point. I would argue that the tipping point was in August of 1971, but a lot of people will argue that it was, um, you know, it was the middle part of Obama's administration, or it was the end of the Clinton administration, or it was the end of the Reagan era. You know, whatever your marker is, the the point is we all have. There's a spectrum, right? We all there's there's a point where every one of us feels like there's too much government. Right. But but we're still in that we're still in that range where we have a significant portion of the population that wants even more than what we have now. 
And, you know, that is the wrong direction. Uh, we need to have the majority of the population, you know, two-thirds or 75% of the population want, needs to want to have less government. Uh, but you still, you have a growing number of people that think that the government has these magical solutions and that they can navigate us out of these, these uh, uh, you know, where we find ourselves. But the reality is where we find ourselves is where we put ourselves and, um, and, and I think that's one of the things Dave's talking about here. He's, he's trying to basically say, look, these institutions and the people that run them are the problem. Isn't that crazy? Like I saw so many people on Twitter saying it's so wonderful to have normalcy restored to the white house. It's like, you know, he's going to bed at night at a normal time <laughs> and he's probably being loving to his wife and this and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what are we, what are we doing as a country overseas? Like, what is happening with the country? And there's always like some. It's it's crazy how there's always some new social event, some new thing that happens. Whether it's George Floyd's death or the Capitol Hill attack, or there's always something where they can use that and 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 invade more and more into uh, in, into people's lives and into and use this. The, the power of these ideologies and and force them against each other. It's like there's so many people now that are on edge. And right, like, after the Capitol Hill attack, like, rightly so. Like, Jesus Christ, the fact that we got that close to these fucking maniacs literally almost killing representatives. Yeah. You know what I mean? A guy, like, as crazy as it gets, right? A guy with war paint on and a fucking buffalo helmet is shirtless standing on the floor of the Senate. It was a pretty wild scene. Wild fucking scene. But is that our biggest problem? Like, what, what is our biggest problem? What, what our biggest problem? Well, first of all, how the fuck did we get there? Like, what is getting us there? Is it social media? Like, what's accentuating this, this divide between us? And how come, we can't, how come we can't see the argument laid out the way you just laid it out? How come we can't see, like, hey, look at what, what has gone on in the world by following this path that we think is like the standard path. We think is like normalcy. We think is like back to yeah. back to basics. Before Dave jumps in and tries to answer this, I'm gonna I wanna give you my take on it because I was driving down the road the other day and I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, you know, without the media and social media and just all this stuff, I, I wouldn't even really feel the federal government other than, you know, taxes, you know, federal income tax. I mean, I'm driving down the road and I'm thinking, okay, what am I, what am I, what am I thinking about? Well, I'm thinking about the house, the taxes that are due on my house. I'm thinking about what's going on here in my community, you know, my, my town, my, my county, the, the, the problem, the, the thing that has led to all this craziness that we're now sensing that we're feeling in America in my opinion is just empire it's it's the it's the uh, pursuit of global empire um, when you when you look around when you're when you have a budget of five or six trillion dollars and the next closest country, has a budget of you know one and a half trillion dollars, you start to look for all kinds of things you can influence. You you are the big guy on the block, 
and to some degree, we're a victim of our own success. I mean, as we've become more successful, we've allowed, instead of individually enjoying our success, we've allowed the government to confiscate that success from us over time, either in the form of inflation or in the form of taxes or regulation, all of which make it harder for us to earn income, you know, keep our standard of living up. And, and it's just, um, it, it, we didn't follow the map that the founders gave us. They gave us a map that said, hey, government, too much government is bad for freedom. Okay, it's bad for liberty. So if you want to maintain liberty, then stick to this federalism idea at least, okay? Try to hold power in the states and in your local governments. Don't let a national government take over and become all-powerful. See, we've done really a disservice to the world. We've allowed, we had a great roadmap for a great country, and we allowed it to become centralized in Washington, D.C. And then Washington, D.C., with all that power, has found countries they want to invade, um, you know, arms deals they want to broker, um, you know, all kinds of, we, we see all kinds of national interest in faraway places. They don't have anything to do with me or you, but this is the nature of centralization. So I, I think this is really uh, where we are. And, and, and the problem is we're, we're, we're not, we, we still haven't turned a corner. Even with Trump, I just don't think Trump was smart enough, really. He didn't understand something like federalism. Um, I've got an interview with... Uh, that uh, that I've recorded with um, PBS with um, Steve Bannon, and there's some really interesting clips in there, and we'll probably record one of those this week or next. But uh, you know, you, there's just more to a political system than what you can get away with, or what you you know military might and and things like that. There's 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 either liberty or there's tyranny. You're, you're never really standing still. You're either moving in the direction of liberty or you're moving in the direction of tyranny. And I think for so long we've moved in the direction of tyranny and we still haven't stopped. We're still moving in that direction. And we're going to continue to move into that direction until enough people understand this dynamic and put a stop to it. And you're like, okay, but what really happened here? And why were the right-wingers willing to go with Donald Trump? And why are they willing to storm the Capitol? Right. And, and even if it's just a few hundred storming, the rest of them at least protesting, and tens of millions legitimate at all. And why do they have such little faith in all of these institutions? And I think, again, you could zoom back very far, but just keeping it in the last 20 years, it's like, well, look at everything. Yeah. Look at what everything was. They fucking, they, they fought all of these wars that everyone knows are bullshit. They've robbed the American people and just given all the money to huge corporations, the big banks. We have the just incredible levels of corruption. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like baked into the cake now where we have the society where there's like crazy low interest rates and crazy high government spending. So all of the new wealth, I mean, Bernie Sanders nails it when he talks about this, although I don't think he looks at those as the reasons, but it's like all of the new wealth coming in disproportionately goes to the top. 
the whole system is completely skewed toward the already powerful because you have low interest rates. So now you have a whole speculating economy where everyone's got to get in investments and stocks and bonds and try to make money that way. And so, of course, the Wall Street speculators make crazy profits. And then if they fail, they get bailed out. And you have record high government spending, so the politically connected are getting all of this fucking money. So regular people are just more and more starting to realize, like, hey, this whole system is bullshit. And fuck it, I don't believe it anymore. And I think it, it bubbled over to a point on both sides. You know, I agree with Dave on all this. Uh, I think the danger is, though, is people misidentify the thing that's broken. Uh, you know, I hear people all the time talking about capitalism is the problem, you know, uh, these corporations and they, and they, they link these corporations and their activity with capitalism. And, and if you've listened to the show for any time at all, you know, that, uh, what I've been talking about is, is not what we have. We, what we have is not capitalism. We have, um, some sort of version of, uh, economic fascism where the banks or not just the banks, but corporations and government are in league with one another. Certainly major corporations. I've, you know, I've worked for small corporations before, like less than 100 employees. Small companies don't have uh, lobbyists. <laughs> you know, it, it's too expensive. It, it costs, you know, if you're a company that you, you only do $5 million a year in sales or you're a company that does even 20 or 30 or $40 million a year in sales, you probably aren't making enough money to have a lobbyist. So the people that have the lobbyist are the top two or three percent of all corporations. You know, only about two to three percent of corporations even earn over a billion dollars in revenue. So you're talking about a very, very small sliver of our economy that's this crony kind of version of the economy. And, and so... But the problem is it gets mislabeled. You know, your young people especially are like, oh, you know, it's capitalism is the problem. Capitalism is broke. We need to have more of a socialist kind of... They don't understand that it's government's involvement that is creating this mess. If you just had free people exchanging money for goods and services, you wouldn't have all this stuff. If, we, if GE was forced to convince us that the compact fluorescent light bulb is better than an incandescent light bulb, then we wouldn't have all these crazy laws where they just outlaw products and things. So it's, it's, I'm really nervous about the misidentification of these problems. Some of you know me and know my background and know that I studied engineering in college. And I'm not, I don't claim to be, you know, a brilliant engineer or anything like that. In fact, I'm not very good at math and, and, and that kind of stuff. But I do understand, in general, the way things work and the causal connections between things. But your, your average person really struggles with this. They really struggle with seeing the secondary, tertiary, you know, the, the, the fourth and fifth order results of, of policies. And, you know, this is, a, this is something I really worry about because, because if you don't identify the correct problem, then you can't provide the correct solution. You know, um, if, um, you know, there's a saying that, uh, you know, you're treating the symptoms instead of the underlying disease. That's what I'm talking about. You know, people run around and their policy prescriptions treat the symptoms. But what happens is when you do that, you end up getting more of the same. 
you really don't solve the problems. You just layer in a new policy that doesn't help and now complicates things even far farther. So that's those are the types of things I worry about because that will inevitably bring in more government, more control, less liberty, less market, less free market. Okay, well, I understand what you're saying, and, and you're making a lot of sense, but what's the solution? Like, how do we stop something like the Capitol Hill riot from ever happening again? How do we, you know, how, well, here's another one. How do you clean up the police? Like, how do you fix this thing? I don't think defunding the police is right. I think you probably need to train them and make, make it much more difficult to become a cop, make it much more respectable. But yeah. how do you do that? Okay. How do you do that at this stage of the game? Because this so, is crazy. The solution is libertarianism. Ah. And I know that a lot of people, it's easy to just kind of laugh that off or whatever, but this really is, I'm not saying it has to be like my exact perfect, you know, like you have to agree with me on everything, but the clear solution to all of this is liberty. Okay. It is all of this shit is a deviation from what America was really supposed to be, which is basically the Declaration and the Bill of Rights, which are still pretty damn good. Well, look, I, of course, I agree with Dave that liberty is the key. The question is, you know, the, the, it's more complicated than that because you, you, in order to have liberty, you have to have structure. And he references the Constitution here in his comment but the structure that the founders gave us was federalism. In other words, distribute the power among the 50 states. You know, we used to, I'll just give you one example. We used to, there used to be no income tax in the United States of America. And all the money that the federal government had at its disposal to spend came through tariffs. Any other money that the federal government, that the national government needed or wanted, it had to go to the states and the states would have to agree uh, to give that amount of money. So, for example, the states would just look at their revenue and they'd say, they'd basically say, well, here's what we're giving you. Here's, here's what we're giving you to run the national government. And there was no way to tax individual citizens directly. But, you know, we decided to pass an income tax. Um, we've, we've weakened the states. Uh, that was the uh, 16th Amendment, the, the income tax. We weakened the states by passing a 17th Amendment, which took the political power that the states had, the representation that the states had, and turned it over to the popular election. So the state legislatures used to appoint senators. Now they don't do that. So structurally, we have problems in America. We've created these problems, and you know the, these were structural barriers that kept us from coming to a place where we find ourselves today. And you know, if you want to get back to liberty in America, it's going to take more than libertarianism. It's going to take get rid of the Sixteenth Amendment. Get rid of the 17th Amendment. Structurally, take away the federal government's ability to extract our property and our liberty. These are the fruits of our labor. It doesn't belong to the federal government. And I get so tired of hearing people talking about redistributing wealth. Wealth is not distributed. Wealth is created. It's created by individuals, individuals. Um, 
and, and, and their labor and mixing that labor with capital to produce some good or service. That's how wealth is created. Uh, it's, it's not distributed. It's not like there's a big pile of money and the government gets to hand it out to everybody. That's not the way it works in America. In fact, that's not the way it works. That's not what the way it works anywhere. Uh, you, you won't have any wealth if you tried to do that in America or anywhere else. Incentives matter. Uh, people want the fruits of their labor. They're not going to do things for altruistic reasons, regardless of what Sam Bankman Friedman Freed is doing. Uh, that's just not the way the world works. And, and structurally, we need to fix some of these problems that were created during the progressive era. And there's, there's many, many more, okay? Many, many more. I've suggested on this program that we create a new amendment that basically makes it illegal for Congress, the federal Congress, to pass laws that, aren't, that don't have the purpose of either protecting liberty or property. But, you know, these are structural things that we need to stick in there uh, that the Supreme Court can't overrule, that Congress can't slip in stuff into bills that you know pay off their donors and all this kind of crazy stuff that's going on that separate you from your your hard-earned money, your hard-earned wealth. Well, after that, I should probably wrap things up and and call it a show. Um, if you if you like the show, by the way, you know share it. Uh, send it around to your friends and family. We got another round of holidays coming up. You know, it's always a good time to talk about politics. That seems to be what, what's happening these days. You know, politics has become so pervasive. And people are so immersed in it that the old rules of, you know, politics is off limits. Those really don't apply anymore. You know, uh, people are talking about politics all the time. Um, the the problem is they think about it in the wrong way and there seems to be no limit to what they imagine the government is capable of doing. And, um, and I can't stand it. We, you know, the, we need to do something. I don't know if that grates on anybody else, but it definitely grates on me, but look, you know, come back, uh, tomorrow and listen to the show. I'll have another, uh, fantastic episode for you with some interesting content content and if you show up to listen, then I'll be here to do it all over again. So that's where we are now. <laughs>